fake water, yachts, swimming pools, mermaids, celebrities. F1 Miami had it all. We even got an appearance from Mr. T and Superman. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Guys, I'm happy to be able to have my job back. <laughs> last week. I'm dying to say something. I thought I, thought I was going to be back. replaced. <laughs> well, no, nah, well, we thought that... Um we thought that we should bring somebody else in so you could get a little bit jealous. Yeah, well, it worked. Uh, yeah, and uh, mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was sure driver worked. <laughs> That'd be nice. He's got a gun. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Welcome back, Wally. Yeah, uh, Ruben. See you back. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, see. Happy Monday. Hi. Doing well. Okay. On today's episode, we'll talk about. How was your time off? It was good. On today's episode, we'll talk glad, about. Glad you made it back. Yes, my arms Wasn't are tired. Short? No, no, it wasn't too short. Good. Actually, it was. <laughs> On today's episode, we'll talk about the Miami Grand Prix and everything surrounding it. Obviously, as an American podcast, it's very near and dear to our hearts that uh, it came to Miami. Uh, Formula One came to Miami. Uh, along with that, we'll talk about some of the news, some of the, uh, obviously, the results coming out of the, the race, and then a little bit of news before the race. Okay. A little bit of news. A little bit of news. So, guys, if you have not, please make sure if you're listening, please make sure to leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening in. On uh, we're at Jump to Start F One on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please stop by and say hello. And uh, with that said, let's jump into the news. Unless you guys have anything else to add, that's why we need Wells because last week we never even mentioned our. Social media platforms, no, we didn't. Platforms. Not even. We just like to talk ish. Yep. Yeah, you guys are kings of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Thank you. Welcome back, Wells. <laughs> Welcome back, Wells. <laughs> That's what you have him here for. All right. The so yeah, the news it kind of ties into, I guess, the spectacle of my of the Miami Grand Prix Grand Prix race weekend. But Formula One Drive to Survive confirmed for fifth and sixth seasons on Netflix. Um I think that this obviously whatever like it's been a good show overall. This past season to me it was not as good, but like whatever. What are, what do you guys think of the, about this piece of news? Great. It's the it's the only. It, this is the sole reason why we have a Miami Grand Prix. It's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug. It's the sole reason we have a Las Vegas Grand Prix. Now we have. We were struggling just to get one race here in the United States, and now we got three. Big time events. I'm pretty sure that Vegas is going to be just as hyped and just as insane as Miami yeah. was. Because there was a lot of news, memes, reactions coming out of Miami this weekend, which was great to see. And it wasn't only just out of F1 outlets. It was out of everything. It was it was a pretty cool weekend, to be honest with you. And it's good to see that. That um that F one is starting to thrive here in the U S. and it's because of Drive to Survive. Whether you like it or you don't like it, it's here to stay for two more seasons, 
and it does engage the fans. Listen, from I wish Netflix could share, like I guess the the audience that that show actually reaches, and that would be, I think that will open up people's minds so much even more about when these numbers come out because this show is very very watched. So I'm not surprised that they did a you know a fifth and a sixth season for it. It shows the numbers. The numbers show it. Like you know, obviously the Miami Grand Prix was, you know, pretty much coming out of out of this, and I'm pretty sure the numbers in Austin also have changed a lot because at well, the beginning at- Austin they were struggling heavily to get people in. Yeah, but, but now look, look at the crowd in Austin last season. Yes, sir. With, with, uh, for the U.S. Grand Prix, how, you'll see this year and how impact it was, how insane it was, and how people were excited. And you'll see this year the numbers yeah. are, are going to just keep going. And climbing honestly, and climbing. man, like the only reason. We didn't see more people at Miami was because they capped it to eighty thousand. Jesus, you can you can bring in more people easily, but they capped it at eighty thousand on purpose. Um, it was like it was almost like a dry run. Um, There's a lot of space see, there to put grandstands. Yeah, well, yeah, to see, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all right. We'll uh, address that shortly. But as far as the drive to survive. Like two weeks ago, I was sitting in somebody's office at work, and it Formula One came up. Like for some reason, the, you, you didn't bring it up. No, <laughs> no, it, it came up. Like oh, there's a race coming up. Um, it, it was obviously for the last race for the uh, the Australia Romagna. Oh, and they were asking if if anybody had watched it. I said yeah, and then my coworker was like, oh, he's a huge Formula One fan, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm a huge Formula One fan. And, and the guy we were talking to, he was like, oh, I started watching because of Drive to Survive. It's like Ultimate Fighter that led me into UFC. And I was like, holy crap, that makes complete sense because how many people started watching UFC me? from watching Ultimate Fighter? Now you watch every event. For everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone, every single one of them. Yeah. Right. And, dude, yeah, it, it was... Uh, of, yeah, that was a nice thing that he did. Yeah, that was a nice, I guess... Comparison? Comparison, yeah, yeah. I feel like that That this is... That is very true. I don't... Uh, if Honestly, if I'm Formula One, I subsidize. I'm like paying Netflix. Yo, keep coming. Keep yeah, <laughs> full access, whatever. I'll give you a, a an analogy. The reason why UFC has become so popular and why we like fight nights, regardless, look at boxing. The reason why is that we enjoy the narrative. As, a, as when I'm talking about us as Americans, mm-hmm. we enjoy the narrative around it. This is why when the Olympics come out, we don't know nothing about the Olympics or the sport. They come on with these huge marketing packages of telling the story about how this skateboarder or whatever you want to call it has worked so hard to you know get to the top of the sport and now they're competing in the olympics what formula one needed was a narrative and that's what drive to survive has has given you know the audience at large because one thing is to see obviously we're kind of like nerds when it comes to formula one cars and we want to know the specifics or the technicalities of the car and how fast these cars go and meaning us right yeah us but the general public which is where the numbers come from a casual fan just wants to know about lando norris and the and the kind of beef that he has with uh with daniel ricardo in the same car and then they want to see this, the race result and be like oh these cars are cool but they want to be like oh did he come first or second it doesn't really matter if they watch the race or not but they'll go to a race or they'll 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 watch a race just to see what happens next. And then, you know, you start pulling in fans that way. But you have to create a story. And that's what Drive to Survive does. And what American or just the American media and American markets 
and the marketing is great at is creating a story around any product, be it tangible or a sport, and selling it to people and be like, oh, and then it just keeps you glued to the TV and like, what's going to happen next? What's next? You know, that is what marketing is. That's what any human being who wants to be entertained is, that's what they're in it for. They want to see what happens next. And they want to know why, if something happened in the race, if somebody crashed into somebody, why it's a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal is because two races before they hit each other or some something like that. That's what Drive to Survive does. And that's why it's been so popular. And that's why you see more and more people go, wanting to attend the Grand Prix. I don't know if you've noticed. It's kind of hard to get a ticket out to any Formula One race, regardless of where it is in the world. Bro, it's it hard was to get super a, easy a for table at the bar that we used to go and it was yeah, empty. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Ruben, hit the drop. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. I'm not doing it today, guys. Not even because it's your first day back after your vacation. No. Oh, man. No. Please? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, guys, your thoughts. So, the Miami Grand Prix race weekend. Thoughts on the – we started talking about it, but thoughts on the Grand Prix weekend as a whole. I'm going to start like this. How was your hype level leading into the race or into the weekend? I mean, I'm probably the wrong person now because I've been hyped for this. Um, just because it's Miami, it's in the states. Um, we we've been to Miami many times. We know oh, how cool. I've never been. Yeah, really. You've never been to Miami? Really? Oh my! Yo, God. I am so shocked. I got to tell you guys, yeah. I was listening to last week's episode. That Hector did not mention that I, I made him drop his pizza in South. <laughs> Maybe because you weren't here. <laughs> Maybe. Long story short, I made him drop a pizza. He wasn't too happy. He was not it. happy. He's not happy Hector, at all. I'm sorry. Like you can make him drop anything, but not his pizza. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Right. Continue. Yeah. But we know that Miami is very much an international city because it's it's proximity to Latin America. It's proximity. Uh, just because it's a vacation spot to Europe, like anybody who's anybody will be in Miami. They love Miami because of that. So the fact that you can bring in another international sport, which obviously the F1 was not that big here in the States, but in Latin America, it's massive, especially in Brazil. Correct. Okay. And, and Argentina, just because of the history of F1. Um, so, I mean, I was hyped for it just because it's it's there and it's going to be there for 10 years. Now, was I, what I wasn't expecting was just everything that came out of it. Obviously, you expect all these big stars and everything else, like, but it seemed like not only were Americans excited to have F1 in Miami, but like the entire F1 community was excited to, to see it in Miami. And... Um, yeah, man, it it was actually a pretty cool weekend. Just looking at it, obviously from the the outside in, and I wish, honestly, I wish I was there, man. That's pretty much where. Yeah, yeah, we we've been I've been hyped for this event since they announced it. Mm -hmm. Not even before, the, even when it was the other track it was with the weird, that looked like a hammer, whatever the other track that was supposed to go over the bridge with the long straights. Even that track had well, me I mean, very hype. That looked like something else, but whatever. Go ahead. So. <laughs> That it was going to South Beach. Yeah. That track. It, mm -hmm. was, it was supposed to be around downtown Miami and go across the 
the, but whatever, yeah, that track didn't get approved. We don't yeah. care about that track anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the movie to, to this place, and we were all very hyped about it. And we wanted to go. We were from the first, the minute we saw, yo, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Yeah. And then I don't know where they get sold out. And that was like a, like, pretty much like a letdown in my they, end. They didn't even announce the tickets were on sale. Exactly. And they, they sold, sold out. out. Like, what? So, so that was the only disappointment out of the whole weekend that we weren't there. Mm-hmm. But the event itself, to me, exceeded everything that I was expecting out of it. The a spectacle. The only thing I found weird was the the leading to the, to the podium, but that could be you know talk about later. But because it was like <laughs> yeah. it looked like a motorcade. We'll yeah. talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the being here, the response that it got, the people that were there, like. The, the event coming over where we, you know, pretty much of this worldwide movement we're just coming out of. Oh my God. Look, I was, like I said, every moment of it that I could see pictures, videos, or whatever you could see online, I was just envious about it. Yeah, it was, I was. I wanted I wanted to touch the fake water. Yeah. yeah that was the, like, it <laughs> I was, wanted to touch, the fake, to touch the fake water in the marina. Like, was, even that I wanted to do. It was clearly advertised and marketed to a, to a higher end economically, like a higher end crowd. But just to see everything that went around it was actually pretty cool. And, um, the parties, the, yeah. everything you saw online was like, can you imagine? God, like, what else? What else? You've been like, can you imagine the type of parties that were thrown the entire? It must have been bro? crazy. Must have been insane. Must have been crazy. Because so, we know that that's one thing is fun to do is in, in Miami is party. I think that I gotta be upfront. The way that they that. So we know that there was like lawsuits and stuff to stop this from happening right before, before and it and. They pushed to have it, and it was the smartest, the smartest possible decision for a couple of reasons. So, number one, Miami is a major, major international airport. We from New York have a hard time getting to Austin. It's it's a, it's a connecting yeah. flight, or it's a very expensive direct flight. Mm-hmm. So, there's multiple flights a day from New York, or from New York, from Los Angeles, from San Francisco, from all these other major cities, and from Europe and Latin America to get to Miami. So it is extremely accessible to get to Miami. And if you can't get through Miami, you go through Fort Lauderdale. Correct. It's it's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It is a major travel hub. Yes. Mm-hmm. Within the United States. So and then so there's there's that. It's very accessible. There's number two, it's got good weather. So it's not really feasible in a lot of a lot of times to do New York City because for a lot of the year it's very cold. Yeah, we only get like three months out of the year where it's decent. Weather. Right, Montreal would obviously it's it's a it's another major international travel hub, but again, it's very restricted yeah. as to when they can. You got to get into well, how they usually is early summer. After that, it's just a- correct. Miami, they could hold it at any time. So what was happening? We had. China, we had like Germany like a couple of years ago where there were threats where like, not threats, but like they couldn't hold it because of COVID. They had to move it. And then guess what? We're, we're timed out of the season. So right. Miami is like a perfect location there. Mm-hmm. Weather's always nice in Miami. Right. So then beyond that, they just marketed the crap out of it. And it was like at three o'clock on Sunday, on Mother's Day. What are you doing after you take your mom to brunch? You know, I'm, I'm just going to sit sit down. I'm going to like wear off some of the mimosas. I'm watching TV. I turn on ESPN. What's their whole... Is channel, that, is that Michael seven. Jordan? ABC. It was ABC. Yeah. So it was like nation. Is that Michael Jordan? Is that Tom Brady? 
Is that Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Patrick Poor Brando. <laughs> Patrick! Patrick! No um, wonder he was ignoring me. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, great, so For man. those that didn't hear, obviously Martin Brundle mis- mistook. I don't, what was his name? Paolo, uh, Paolo Bonches? Bonchero. I think what? he plays for Duke. He's a you know top NBA you prospect. Know, prospect. And the guy went on a spiel. It was so funny. He went on a sp- This is great, man. Formula One is here. It's great to see that, you know, I mean, obviously I'm paraphrasing. And then Martin Brundle goes, ah, oh, well, it's not Patrick. What's your name? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's your name? And he told him his name. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Somebody told me you were somebody else. But it, it, was, it was a pleasure. Oh, to- like, he was nice about it, but it was hilarious, man. It was so, so funny. Then beyond that, one thing. So Will Buxton had written a uh, opinion piece for Formula One, and he said that one of the major things that are going to come out of the event in Miami is that it is a major international hub for business as well. So yes, it is. what ended up happening is, and we were all pissed about it, or what seems to happen is a lot of the sponsors, a lot of the American sponsors, all of a sudden they're buying up all the tickets, making it more of a scarcity so, uh, for the tickets, so driving the prices up, so p- regular folks like us. Mm-hmm. And plus, they're wearing a lot of tickets. I mean, for example, usually you're talking about for an F1, uh, a crowd, a usual crowd for an F1 event is usually anywhere from 120 to 150,000 people. They limit it to only 80,000 people. Jeez. And again, the reason why I was, I was mentioning earlier is that they wanted to do basically a dry run just to make sure that there wasn't too much traffic going, going in and out of the stadium. Um, they're able to cater to everybody and, you know, obviously they learn from, from it and then they'll start letting in more and more people. Remember it's 10 years. Um, so that makes sense. But I think also it was to drive up ticket prices cause they need to make some money. So, so, and they know that they have enough interest, especially with the first Grand Prix in Miami, where they can charge these exorbitant amount of prices and people will still pay them. So obviously like. Formula One has been in the UK market, in the Europe market, in the Asian market. Now it's really pushing into the uh, Middle Eastern market. And now all of a sudden with, don't get me wrong, Austin is, the race in Austin is a huge race. And obviously it, it draws eyes, a lot of eyes. But this one was just such a, uh, such a spectacle and such a party all weekend. And like, like, it, like I feel like the whole world just descended on Miami. And I'm sure that what's going to happen is, there's going to be, just like what Buxton said, there's going to be a lot of business deals made in Miami now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be a lot of dollars, U.S. dollars from corporations going to Miami saying, how do I become a part of this? How do I become a sponsor on these cars? How do I become a sponsor on a uniform? It's just only going to grow the sport even more. And I am I was so impressed with uh, the show that they put on, basically. Yeah, but just look at the marina. What they did with the marina is that they brought in, <laughs> quote, unquote, well, quote unquote, uh, marina, fake marina, as people are referring it to. What they brought in is major yacht and boat manufacturers to showcase their boat. I think they brought in wow. one of the biggest yachts in the world. They had no. to knock down trees in order for it to get onto the track. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In the trailer. In the trailer, and obviously, if you're in in, I think the two main the main attractions were the the Hard Rock Lounge where you had the swimming pools, mm-hmm. the, the Hard Rock Beach Club. And then you had the the marina. But in the marina in particular, obviously these were, I think a table at the Hard Rock, at the beach club was going for like $20,000. That's it? Yeah. So imagine the type, of, the type of people that you're getting. You're either getting corporate or you're getting people with a lot of money. But then you also have 
you know, in the in the marina itself, who's gonna buy a yacht? You're gonna have millionaires buying yachts, billionaires buying yachts. Um, these are the people that you're trying to sell to. Like you can watch a race in my boat and I'll buy one. It's all you know that wow. it, that's yeah. what it all comes into, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh oh you watched it you remember or, watching or, uh, yeah. honestly or a VIP customer. Hey, we're gonna have a boat in this turn in the Miami Grand Prix. You just bought this boat, you know, we have yeah. the sister boat is gonna be there. So you can see what type of party you can have on your future it's, boat it's that you just finished ordering. It's a t the same type of thing that happened in Monaco. That's why Monaco, as we mentioned before plenty of times, is never gonna leave the F1 calendar because it's just too important commercially for F1 as a whole. And you're gonna get that now on the other side of the world. Twice maybe, because you're gonna see Vegas and it's gonna be the same thing and yeah, and, you, and Miami. Why you to let them build up us or Austin? So say three times. Come on, let's let's help them build up. Three times. <laughs> Yo, listen, I don't care what happens. I'm going next year and we gotta figure it out. Yeah, we're gonna figure it out. We have to go, man. We gotta figure it out. Yeah. I don't care how much we it have, well. I, I I care how much it costs, but we have no we have to figure out how to not miss that that spectacle. Uh, so can I tell you guys that, like, um, returning to my job today, I, you know, I was kind of outside just kind of taking it all in and people were coming in through the gate, whatever. Checking your 3,000 emails you probably had. Yeah, and there were so many people, hey, did you, not even knowing that I, hey, did you watch the race yesterday? Uh, wh what race? Because I expected somebody to be like, oh, the Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby. Derby yeah. Right. But it was all, they were all talking about F1. They were talking about all the guys that were there. They were talking about just the, the whatever. Like, yeah. you guys, you guys get it. Like, it, it's something that it has it caught the attention of so many people that would be new. Mm -hmm. that, like, I'm just so impressed with it. Yeah, and then, so, then you had also interviews on Good Morning America with Lewis Hamilton. Danny Ricardo was, was on Corden. Yeah. Actually, Dan the, the McLaren drivers were on Corden show. Were on Corden show. You had also Danny Rick on um, on Trevor Noah. The yes, Trevor Noah, yeah, yeah. Which is a you know a Viacom show. I mean, it was all over the place, um, and it was great to see. To be honest, as an F one fan, it was great to see. So, of course, you know when we're talking about the money, we also heard from what was it the Miami Dolphins organization saying that they had. Oh, I'm looking for the exact quote. Well, it was uh, it was a report in the Orlando Orlando, Orlando Sentinel. Sentinel. Yeah. So the Orlando, uh, however, recent reports from the Orlando Sentinel suggest that Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross is set to make bucket loads of cash from the race weekend. The outlet claims that the Miami Grand Prix will bring revenue equaling a full season of home games for the Dolphins. That's insane. That's ten home games. Well, we're, previously it was ten. Mind now you, it's, we're talking about. The NFL, which is the highest grossing, grossing revenue yes, yes. league in the world. Yes. In the world. In the world. Yes. That's from uh, essentiallysports.com. And you're talking about one franchise, the Miami Dolphins, and they get what, 10? What? It eight was 10. Home games? It's eight during the regular season and then nine, uh, uh, one more during the preseason now. So the revenue combined of nine games of nine games throughout what the span of what eight months yeah. is it seven eight months one event will make you more than that or equal that and we're talking about f1 that's insane now that's crazy even to to mention it like that like. yeah i mean if the if the reports are true yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's the Orlando Sentinel. You don't believe it? Okay. I'm going back to the uh, to the Amber Heard trial. It's hearsay. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> go. All right, on from that real quick. If one again. <laughs> All right, so guys, what are your thoughts on the track? So we saw the layout on paper. We saw obviously like whatever. What do you guys think that when we finally saw the cars on the track? I I like the track. The track is super fast. Uh, like I said, has there's plenty of space to put more grandstand. Well, so l- let me bring it back a little bit, or let me make it more specific. It being a car park, it being driving through and around literally a parking lot of an NFL stadium and then obviously some other roads adjacent mm-hmm. to it. What did you think of the track? Could there have been differences? Could it have been better or worse? I don't I, w- I wouldn't put it as being worse. I think they hit it right on the mark. The, the layout was the lay, the layout worked great. The only thing the drivers complained was the they were saying the tarmac was coming off as you know as it got because of the weather. But that's something that could be it could be worked out. I think besides the area where signs and Ocon crash, that they need a little more cushion so they, so they won't get hurt as bad. That's about it. I mean, we expected they expected to be even less overtakes, and it was fine with that too. I mean, every area that I will see, I don't know the the, the long long straight why after the, the I don't know what turn it is. It's just as they pass under the, under the highway, mm-hmm. and then it has like the long, long straight right before it mm-hmm. pretty much. That was super long, but it works. Now, you know, the car would, it would go maxed out there, and you see it topping down in speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You would put maybe the DRS to start earlier and make the DRS so longer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, the, the racing was great. It felt, if, at one point, at certain points, then when you see the track just real quick, you thought you were watching an indie race. Yeah. Because the track was narrow, and we're not used to having such narrow tracks. And if one, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like when, when there's little areas of the track where the track is super, I guess you could say a little tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For being, you know, for being a straight, because it was part of the part of that long straight. It's an area of super yeah, tight. That but. was after turn 17, sector three after turn 17, leading down to, I'm sorry, 16 leading down to 17. Other than that, just fill up the freaking thing with grandstand so people could go to that place, and it's gonna get packed. The it didn't look like it was a parking lot. It did not. No, it looked like a race. It track. looked like a bona fide racetrack. Yeah. Um, if you see footage of when they did, when they did that, it was in the seventies. I don't know what year when they did it in Las Vegas in the Caesar's. That Palace, was a parking lot. <laughs> that looked like a parking lot. Mm-hmm. It looked like almost what they did in Red Hook with the Formula E race. You can tell it's like a big vast space. It doesn't it doesn't look like a track. This looked like a bona fide track. Right. It looked awesome. Like the visuals were great. I didn't have any issues with the track layout. I thought that it had a little bit of everything. If you look at it originally, well as you look at just the track map because obviously we didn't and I'm talking about our my viewpoint before we saw the cars on track. Um, it looked like it was going to be a fast, flowy track. But it had a little bit of everything. It had medium speed corners. It had high speed corners. It had long straights. But it also that, is it sector two? Where are those two, is that the beginning of sector That's, three? Uh, where the, where, where uh, it's under, se- going under the highway turns 15, 16, and 17, is it? That is sector where, two, yeah. Sector two. At the end of sector two, mm-hmm. 
where where Esteban Ocon and um yeah. and, and Carlos Sainz went off and hit the concrete wall. That was I thought that was great because it's very technical. Yes. It's as the track organizers or the track designer says is a mistake generator because you can and we saw many people make mistakes there. It's it gives it a balance. It's almost like the castle section in Baku. Okay. It just gives the track a balance where you not only have these fast, flowy corners, but you also have a track where you have to go low speed and you gotta make sure that you put the car in the right spot so you can hit that straight and book it. Yeah, that was right on the money, answer, yeah. Sure. Like that that perspective you just put that's yeah. right on the mm -hmm. money with that. It it was I I I think that one was flowing when I saw the original. I mean that was was that 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 is what was missing when I first saw the original track layout. And once I saw the cars on track, how it narrows, you have a bit of an elevation change in that section too. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, it goes up and then goes down. I thought that was perfect. And the drivers obviously didn't like it, but they didn't like it because okay. it challenged them. So I heard I heard a lot of the drivers not liking it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, man, this track really isn't going to work. It looks dangerous, whatever, mm -hmm. as, as I was watching over the weekend. Mm -hmm. But you're right. What you're that saying is right. Just gave this, it, it's it, awesome. It makes it it makes it a a challenge, especially like during the race or like during mm -hmm. qualifying. We saw both Mercedes like just power slide out of like out of like those corners going into the the high speed. I was like, holy crap! Somebody's seriously gonna get hurt. Yeah. But maybe that's not. Maybe that's not. That's not maybe what we need. But like mm -hmm. that level of challenge, like in Baku, which we've seen mm -hmm. crazy wrecks. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just what we need. The only thing I didn't like about the track was the tarmac. It was extremely grainy. So mm -hmm. if you look at the highlights of the cars coming in, going into Park Fermi after the race, usually when you see those tires, you see them bubbling up because they're picking up marbles. Yes. Within that, obviously, you have the marbles. You see grains of track, like the silver. Mm -hmm. Those are grains of track. So that means that that track is grainy. That's not good. And that's why I don't think we had better racing because, honestly, for the most part, the safety car made it interesting. And we'll get, I know we're going to get to that. Was, but the reason why we didn't get even more overtakes, I think it was because you can't go offline because you're going to slip on that gravel. Yeah. And I think that's something that has to be addressed for the ne for next year. Because that was the only thing that- Yeah, because every time like they went out of the racing line, there was- Yeah. There was but as far as like the layout, the speed, the technicality, and just the look of the entire, what they call the campus, I thought it was excellent. And it looked it looked great on TV. And I think it, it it's going to generate better racing over the years. But they have to fix that. Because they even had, you know, a ton of- um, even between sessions, they were, you know... Sweeping. They were sweeping, but they were also repairing parts of the tracks yes, I that think were especially coming like off. Turn 17 like, and 18. you saw those black... The, That's why turn those, 17 those patches. Black, those black patches, it was them fixing the road in between the sessions. That was, like the, that was after the long straight turn because, 17. Because it was literally... Grain, the, it was graining out. It was graining out. I wish they would fix potholes that quickly in New York. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. Tell me about it. Well, you, you would know. Yeah. All right, so that's enough on. Obviously, we all agree. The three of us agree that it was a great weekend, just for motor racing, for Formula One, and for. I think they got the track right. Yeah, the track layout. Yeah, 
Yeah. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that that technical and it's obviously like I said it has a little bit of everything. And you even have like a little on the sec I think it's sector 1 with maggots and Beckett's towels. Yeah, yeah. Flats. It was it was I think the layout is is I don't think they have to change anything on the layout. I think you're right. And you know what's crazy is that I I I was like, man, this is just kind of like Coda where it's like a Frankenstein, but it doesn't feel like a Frankenstein. Sometimes like mm-hmm. Coda like for the Formula 1 races, it almost feels like a patchwork like okay we're we did this part of silverstone now we're gonna go do this part of turkey now we're gonna mm-hmm. and it feels like it even like watching it like it doesn't flow as easily it, it looks coda looks like uh even though i i love coda the right. track but it looks like herman Tilke's greatest hits yeah and <laughs> but um this track wasn't designed by the Tilks. Oh, it wasn't? No, it was uh, <laughs> the, tilks? the Tilks or the Tickles or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I, I don't want to disrespect them because they're obviously great track designers. Um, but it was designed, I think it was by Apex. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a, a track design firm. And they, I mean, they obviously did a lot of research on what what is going to be what you know what kind of track is going to be good you know how wide is it or you know they just took a bunch of data and they put this track together and i think it was very well made and i think one of the points what they said was that they wanted a mistake generator meaning that the track that where drivers gonna come through can make a mistake and that's gonna give an up that's gonna give anybody following that driver an opportunity to to overtake and that happened a lot and that happened a lot so it it's it, honestly, man. That's what we want to. They see. got it right on the money, though. Yeah, that's what we want to see. We don't want to see an easy track because that's just gonna and that's just gonna be a procession. So that's, I mean, it was. It, I think they they nailed it. I think the I don't they don't have to change much. I think like you said, the only thing is obviously the track, and they should also put safer barriers in that section because, uh, yeah, I mean they they got hit real pr- pretty hard if you went into that wall. Yeah. One thing remember, it's also like around a stadium too. So they, you know, they have to also think about mm-hmm. oh, make the turn right here. Oh, but the, the, the stadium is there. Oh, they we can make that through turn. the stadium. Yeah, that would have been dope too. They, they actually <laughs> wanted to. They was yeah, yeah they, like they, Sol, there you th- go. That was actually one of the original layouts, but they just couldn't make it work because the entry points were too narrow. Yeah, it's a stadium. Mm-hmm. All right, so the actual driving on the track uh, pr- between practice and qualifying. How about George Frickin Russell? Uh, I'll say putting it on pole in practice two, right? He was second. He was second to Charles Leclerc on on Friday practice one, uh, f- uh, first place in practice two, and I know WTF one put out a podcast saying can Mercedes win on Friday night? Can Mercedes win the uh, Miami Grand Prix? The pace kind of dropped off, but big time. Yeah, we saw. <laughs> I even thought that yeah, you know, Mercedes was Oh, they're back. Was I was thinking right away. Oh, they're back. Whoa, they're back. What? They're back. What's going on? Here? Total Wolf uh said, you know, going into the weekend the Mercedes have found several directions for improving the car ahead of the Miami Grand Prix. So, obviously they still have a lot of porpoising issues. They still have a lot of issues with their engine power. They still have a lot of issues with, pro- with their aero in general. So there's a lot of ways that they can improve the car. So I was like, holy crap, like you guys just said is Mercedes back, but um, aside from that, and obviously they they came back down to earth a little. Were there any other surprising pace pace setters for practice and qualifying over the week weekend? We mm. saw um, for qualifying, we saw Leclerc take pole, mm-hmm. Carlos Sainz take um, second place, locking out the front row, Max Verstappen second, and Sergio Perez third. Um, Albon in the Williams. 
had honestly aside from from qualifying he was he was up there in the top he 10 he had some pace he had this week yeah yeah i mean they were quick and your boy imagine Man. if they had Lati- that's no, what i'm waiting somebody for somebody else than latif this is what i'm waiting for go ahead Ruben. no i'm waiting for yancy to say it oh about botas come on say yeah. it yeah Listen, don't ever talk bad about Botas. <laughs> I was me, waiting bro. for that. Don't ever, ever talk bad about Botas to me. You know what? I don't even have to mention it because the guy is so great that he's always in the top five and qualify. What would you should hit that again? Because to whom it may concern you. Yeah, he exactly. Uh, he uh, tell him good. Botas. <laughs> tell him. <laughs> Dude, he's he's getting adjusted to that car so quick. He beat out him yeah. in qualifying. He's gotten in that seat. I guess all the extra, you know, this is not your seat for a long time, blah, 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 out of his head, and he's just looking forward. He's taking the car forward. Botas is the same driver that he's been he was with Mercedes. He's he's quick. Mm-hmm. He's a great qualifier. Without the pressure now. Yeah. Um in a race, he's decent. I wouldn't say he's great because obviously he's not a great defender, not a great overtaker, but he brings home points. Um, but also, I think, and we saw this with Mercedes, anytime he had his contract signed where he had job security, he did better than when he was under pressure for his job. Yeah. He signed a three-year contract with Alfa Romeo. He is the de facto leader, obviously, because you have a rookie in the other seat. And he has the experience of being in a top team. Yeah. He is a good racing car driver, good F1 driver. He's not at the top tier levels. I don't think he can be a number one in a top team, but he can be a damn good supporting actor in a top team, and he can lead a midfield team. That's always what I've said about Botas. Don't talk bad to me <laughs> about Botas! <laughs> Don't hit me yet. <laughs> wow. Wow. Try it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the race itself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't have to rehash the whole thing about the race, but the podium was... Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and Carlos Sainz. Um, obviously, Max was able to. It, it, they called it like right at the start of the, before the race even started that the one, the the odd number, uh, I guess, uh, lineup on the dirty line. Yeah, would be able to get better grip and get a better start than the even number side. So, yeah. one three, what one three and five were Leclerc, Max, and Bottas, and then two, four, six were Sainz, Perez, and Ham. So. Leclerc, decent start. Max, decent start. Boras, they didn't really show him that much. He had a decent start, I guess. He was running fast for most of the race. Mm-hmm. Sainz, Perez, and Ham all struggled. Ham, especially, like, fell back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to obviously fight back. But what did you guys think of the battle up front? This continued now battle up front between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. This is the same thing that happened last year with, but different actors. Obviously, we have Verstappen, who's obviously the world champion in a good car this year. And now it's against Charles Leclerc, who's in a pretty good car himself this year. Um, 
and they showed that they're just a cut above the rest. The minute that those two get out front, no one is catching them. Not, Not even, even their teammates. Not even close. Not even close. Not even their teammates, which was they're in the quote unquote same car, can catch them. They're just a cut above the rest. Uh, it shows how good both of these drivers are. And Max is, forget about it, he's on another level, man. Max, I mean, I have, there's nothing else I can say, man. The guy is a beast. And you give him a halfway decent car, and the guy's going to put it up top, man. I think. Max knew that from the get-go he had to get it in front of science. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And I think when you see the replay at the beginning of the race and you see how low his RPM were when he took off, I think he was he knew purposely, I cannot spin the tires today. I cannot yeah. spin the tires. Mm -hmm. I cannot spin the tires. They even mentioned that. They, yeah. Like, that's yeah what, Crofty that's, and Brando were mm -hmm. saying while well, they were surprised that they, he was able to even get off. Dude. I mean. And um, look, at, look at the space he had mm -hmm. just to overtake. Science at the beginning of the race, yeah, and that was that was a game changer. If if he did not take science at the beginning of the race that that quick, he would have probably you know he would have probably fallen back and Leclerc would have probably taken off a little bit more. I, I think uh, the top four guys got off to good starts, um, for the most part. It's just that some of them were on the dirty side, which yes. had very little grip, and we saw how that track was graining, um, and it was hot. So the Super. tires are the tires are. That's one thing about the weekend, too. Should yeah. we say that the weather cooperated, too? Because remember, it was supposed to be, I think, practice. It was supposed to rain. I think qualifying was supposed to rain. It rained it right before the race. It's Florida. But it was, yeah, it's like, like, like the Caribbean. One cloud watching, goes by and that's it. I was, I was watching uh, WTF1, and um, and he, he was saying, like, all of a sudden. He was explaining to, obviously, other fans who are not used to Florida weather, especially down in Miami, where, all of you know, it could be a super hot day. Sun is out. Skies are clear. Then all of a sudden, you get a crazy monsoon, like yeah. crazy rain shower, and then twenty, 20 minutes, twenty minutes later, <laughs> it's over, it's shiny the again. sun is out and everything is dry. It's just that's normal. Yeah, you know. So it's it's Florida weather. I've never been to Florida, but me being from the Caribbean, yes, it's Florida. like that. It's just it's it, it rains while the oh, yeah, sun the is out. My bad. You heard? Huh? It rains while the sun is out. The sun will be beaming on you, and you're getting and and you're a getting ton drops, of water yeah. dropped on you. It's just it's Florida weather. It is what it is. Sorry. I've been to Miami. I've been yeah. to Florida. So uh, obviously the setups were very different, and this is something that Christian Horner said, but I thought it was so amazing to see just how good in sector one that Ferrari was versus then two and three, how far away the Red Bull would pull. It was it was like almost watching just like a yo-yo, the whole, the whole uh the whole race, just based on just their different setups and just their mm. different styles of of car that they have, and it's impressive how both both types of car both types of car are working. And like on this particular track, where it's a good mix of technical and power, it worked. Obviously, next next week in Barcelona or two, in two weeks in Barcelona, it's the same type of deal. It's technical and power, but then once you get to Monaco. Once you get to Hungary, once you get to Singapore, like it's all technical. I, I, I can't. I, I'm excited to see how the rest of the season will shake out. Ultimately, that was the difference in the uh, with the result of the race, right? I mean, um, the the Red Bull is extremely quick in a straight line, and it is the same tool that Mercedes has had the past few years, where. 
they can run a setup that is lower in downforce and still be a quick car because you know that on the straight you're 10 miles an hour or t- i think 10 kilometers an hour faster Jeez. um and ultimately the the ferrari is great in corners but it has to and that's where they make up most of their time mm-hmm. but they have to run a higher downforce and the fact that they have to run a dire home, they run they, sorry they have to run a higher downforce means that they will be eating their tires up more than the red bull which is what ultimately played out we saw that yeah. charles had the perfect start he got out ahead of max but if max he knew that if max got into his drs zone and got ahead of him he was not able to keep up with him for a long time because eventually his tires were going to go off. And that was the only reason. Not that he couldn't keep up with them pace-wise. I think they had similar pace as we saw towards the end of the race. But the fact that you have to look out after your tires is ultimately this, that's what won Red Bull that race is because they were better on their tires because they didn't have to run such a high downforce. Obviously, the more downforce you get, the more the more your car is pressed, the tires are pressed onto the road, so it eats up less. I mean, or it eats up more, I mm-hmm, should mm-hmm. say. So that was the story of the race. And I don't think that, um, I mean, Ferrari gave it a good try, but ultimately I think it played out the way it would where if the Red Bulls are that fast on the straights where we have, what, two very long straights, and then you have the pit straight, um, over the length of a race, the Red Bulls are just going to win that battle. So yeah, and I think that the only reason Perez didn't uh, wasn't didn't get coming third or second was because he had an engine issue. So yeah, like after, after the race with the interviews, Horner did point that out. He said that after the safety car, it was because Max's tires were kind of cool off. So their purpose right away was trying to get out of trying to get Leclerc out of their Max's DRS zone, so Max is able to pull ahead. Because if he keeps it that way, he will not be able to, you know, Mike, if, you know, Max makes a mistake, Leclerc will be able to go around, but it'll be so much tougher, you know? So that's why Max at the end, towards the end, started pulling away. He also did mention Paris, that Paris could have finished second if he didn't have that power issue, power issue that dropped him down like 30 horsepower or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. Christian Horner also did say that the Ferraris gave up the race by not pitting during that safety car because Max's tires were were cooling off, et cetera, mm-hmm. and they would have been able to make some gains. What do we think of – obviously, we t- Charlie and Max are going to be the, the, the topic every day, right? But signs and parries, their performance during this race, we saw them uh, almost collide uh, during a turn. Um, they're definitive number twos, right? At this point, like they're not even. But I think in in that that incident, I think Paris just got overexcited about it. If Paris should have waited at least one more turn or one, you know, one more, not one more turn, but one more lap around it to see maybe he could be a little closer in the gap. Because you know, he was pretty much trying to overshoot that turn. You know, he went too fast into the corner, meaning the space was not there yet for you to do it clearly. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why he overshot the corner and Sainz was able to, t- to I, get him back. I think at that point you had to go, he had to go for it because he just wasn't fast enough. No, yeah, yeah. Because he I'm had saying. the engine issue. And and we know that if he can get ahead of him, he could probably stay ahead mm-hmm. because he's had more power. It's just that 
yeah, maybe he did get too overexcited, but I think also it's the pressure of making that move right then and there because if you don't, you're not going to be able to get closer. Of course. That's why that's why it was done at that time because maybe they'll say, oh, but maybe, you know, this is the only chance I got. That's and honestly, man, kudos to signs on that one because he could have hit him. He could have hit Perez real easy on that one. Why would you want to, though? No, no, meaning... If, no, no, meaning that if he could have. Up. He could have. Like, he could have been more aggressive. But he just hung back, and but he they came so close. I thought they hit each yeah, other, yeah. and even uh, the guys in commentary thought that they hit each other. But that was a a good way to defend it, and just know that to have the <laughs> to have the the wherewithal to know that uh, Perez just was way too late on the brakes, and just you know hang back and let him just fly by you, and then and then get the corner. That was pretty cool. That was pretty good. So. I like the conversation between Paris and the engineer about the power. No, the power unit is fine. What do you mean? I'm going four seconds slower. No, we're fine. Just keep going. No, we're fine. Like I'm How going can slower. You tell me <laughs> that I don't have power. Yeah, I see the pace. <laughs> yeah, man. it's yeah, it's amazing the difference between the feel and like what guys see on screen. Uh, speaking of one and two drivers, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. So in in you guys' feeling last week, this was a topic, and my uh, my substitute was very clear in saying that you know George Russell is just looking so much better. Uh, how can you disagree at this point? Yeah, I mean, um, but I, you have to also have to take into account that Lewis hasn't had good luck as far as with safety car issues. Um. Uh, 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 talking about this race in particular, Lewis was on the same strategy that almost everybody else was. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, because George Russell had a horrendous qualifying, he was on a different strategy. But they had nothing to lose in waiting for a safety car uh, to change tires because what was it? You know, it's either him finishing where he finished or you finish 15th. You might as well take the shot. So that's exactly what happened. It, you know, the safety car did come out um, with um, Mick Schumacher hitting. Uh, oh no, no, that was with uh, with Lando, 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 Lando uh, well, Gasly. Gasly hitting Lando, um, or the other way around, whatever you think might be, might be. Um, and they went in for the fresher tires. Um, they cycled out at a favorable place because obviously, if you I think they put it under the VSC, so you're gonna lose a lot less time. So there's less cars in between for you to get out, get out, get around. I think um, so. But kudos to George. One, he had he had the know-how. Said, let's just wait out. Told the team to do that, um, as opposed to Hamilton, who said, I'll go with what you guys are telling me because you guys know more than I do. Um, and he executed, which is something that we've seen in the past that Valtteri Bottas couldn't do. So. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you want to say who's driving better, I think it's George Russell. But also, uh, Hamilton hasn't been no slouch, and I think he's just been unlucky because how he start, how how the safety cars have gone. I think on just, on, on this race, you know, give, we have to give a lot of credit to Russell because he had a horrible start. The tires was not working for him at the beginning of the race, and he had yeah. actually lost places for it. Mm-hmm. And when the tires came on, he that's when he started getting his groove. Yeah, but yeah, Russell's 
this driver you could say better than Hamilton, you know, or the luck is on his side right now. Mm-hmm. It's just the car sucks, man. Yeah, because they don't know what they, they can't tell what's wrong with the car. Work. I think you know what you've seen, especially in the qualifying and in, in the qualifying sessions, not only in this race but uh, in races before. It's either one driver is doing well because the car is kind of working well, and then the other driver is not doing well because the car sucks. Uh, that's what's been happening with Russell and, and Hamilton. This weekend, it was the car was working well for Hamilton, but it wasn't working well for 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 with Russell, mm-hmm. and hence why he started what fifteenth place. So it's just the car sucks. Um, the way the races have play, played out as far as safety cars, you know. Has to be has to be considered. Also, I thought Lewis drove well, really good this weekend, but it just in the result it didn't play out. And in the in the strategy, it was different strategy, so it, it happened the way it happened. I think what we're but to confused. say that you know, I yeah he's Russell's driving better, but it's not like he's driving way better than Lewis Hamilton. I think also what what what. Uh, what didn't help this weekend, as far as like the the fans or people that are rooting for Mercedes, like me, to do better, was FP two. So when you see FP two, this guy's like, "Oh my god, oh, they're bad!" I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You see, you see, qualified, like, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, they they look like they they had it. You see FP three, you're like, "Oh, okay, so okay, the smoke, nah, <laughs> there's know, no fire." <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't help either um, Hamilton. Not to make excuses for him, he's a seven-time world champion. But the the whole debacle that's happening right now with the jewelry and the underwear, which is <laughs> so many things. <laughs> my, man my, said. my man said. My man came out looking like he was Mr. T. <laughs> um, you know, Seb. Seb looking like a poor man, Superman. <laughs> like a lot of that Uber stuff. Batman. Captain Underpants. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that stuff has to like play into your head, also. So I mean, this is just a lot of things. A lot of things going on. Uh, Plus now, the and it doesn't, the car and it and the doesn't help that the car is not yeah. good. It's just, it is what it is. And I think like you see, um, they mentioned this on the broadcast, uh, the Sky the Sky Sports broadcast. I mean, for George Russell, yeah, he's gonna be happy. Obviously, he's doing well. He's beating his teammate. But considering that he came from Williams to a top team in Mercedes, everything's going to be looking rosy, right? Um, Lewis Hamilton on Total Wolf had a different perspective, meaning that they don't like what's going on. Everything is doom and gloom. But they've also been used to winning championships for the past eight years. So you're going to look at it as a different viewpoint. And, 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 and that's why I think George is doing good in the car, because he comes from struggles. Yeah, this I is mean, not a struggle. I'm like, damn, this is a cakewalk for me. I, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, could barely make a turn on the other car. It's a different perspective on where they are in their careers, they but could, I think that that Mercedes needs to get a saying like, I could barely make a turn on the other car. Look at Latifi; he's become the new, <laughs> the new Mazepin. Oh, well, the kudos! Good round of applause for Latifi. He didn't spin <laughs> out or crash this weekend. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, all right. Um, so just quickly, I want to mention two other things. Alex Albon, ninth place, two points. Uh, he's just doing his thing out there, right? He is in a Williams. He's second shot at coming back to F1. Um, he's not doing anything. His red hair is. There you go. It was the red hair. I was yeah. going to say the same thing. He went Super Saiyan. 
Yeah. Granted, that's yellow, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have a bunch of Dragon Ball Z fans after you, Wells. But that's... No, nah, but he's yeah. doing great, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's somebody that's just making something out of nothing, right? Like George was doing last year. Yeah. You know, it's, it's impressive to see. And then the other thing, we give this guy a lot of shit, right? Mick Schumacher was having a great race. He was going to be in the points until he had that accident with Sebastian Vettel. He so, had a great weekend. Why do that then? Why go for it right there? It's rookie stuff, yeah. man. It's the same it's thing stuff. that we saw. It's rookie stuff. It's the same thing that happened with Russell it's when he stuff. was going for the points and he crashed out in Imola or spinned out by himself. It's just, I guess the jitters get to you is rookie stuff. I think he was having, honestly, this was a it was the weekend where he was, the first weekend where he can finally, where he was finally going to beat uh, Magnuson, who's been driving great. Um, a lot of people were doubting if he really belonged in F1, um, which I never th- I never thought, but I, we were just waiting for it to come around. This is stuff that, you know, it happens when you're young. We saw it happen with Max. We saw it happen with Leclerc. You know, I, we didn't see it, but it happened with Hamilton. It happens to the best of the best of the drivers. I think it's just they got to go through the experience. They got to go through the ups and downs. Um, it cost them dearly, though. Yeah, and but I, that accident was completely his fault. The, mm-hmm. He wasn't ahead on the corner. He didn't have to go for that guy. There wasn't a big of a gap anyways, and he ran right into Seb. That's all his fault, and I think he'll learn from it because just by following Mick and throughout his career – um. He's a very smart driver, um, and he'll learn from the experience. But they, he missed out on really good points or a decent haul of points this this week because he got too jittery and went for an overtake that just wasn't there. Especially with the with the Alonso situation, mm-hmm. because Alonso got pushed even further back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, like two penalties. So, yeah. so Alpine, better luck next time. Just not their type of track. We've discussed that one at length. They need power tracks. Yeah, but this was a power track. I think this track was suited well for them. It's just Alonso didn't help. because I, cause, cause I of don't the, know what was going on with Alonso this weekend. Because Alonso got a five-second penalty for exceeding track limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. the second one was, I don't know if it was causing an accident. What the hell was that happened on, on, on the second one? I think he was. I think it was him that, got, that, that caused that penalty with the, because he... Um, he caused Gasly to go off, and then Gasly went into went into Lando. Was it like that? Yeah. It's just, it's just. But the thing is that also Gasly was very careless cutting on getting back on the track. Also, so it's, I think he was having trouble with the car too at that point as well when when he when he ran into Lando because Lando. Was, yeah, he, I think I heard that he, he was, was about he was, to retire. He was about to retire the car. Yeah. So I mean, so that was honestly from the weekend. That was what I was expecting all weekend. Now, pretty much in the race, it was for the rebels to go out. Yeah, remember when once Paris started having problems with the car, and I, I texted you guys, said, "Hey, here you go, the celebrity for rebels coming back out," because I was expecting for that to go out. As soon as Paris got the problem, hey, Max gonna get the same problem, so they go to the podium. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting the whole race to then, and I think honestly, what helped Max was the safety car. Yeah, but re- re- you know. Um I think that they no, have a, no, I don't, no, 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 Max was no, way. No, no, I'm not saying that like on that aspect. That I'm saying did not help Max because that wasn't supposed to be a race with Leclerc at the end. No, no, what I'm saying is what helped Max is because they were able to cool down the car somehow a little bit doing the safety car. That were not driving all laps, you know, 
at hundred percent pace. That I think you're, I, you're saying that something would have happened reliability wise. Yeah, yeah, reliability wise. I don't think so. Yeah, I, 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 I they have a very fast car, but they're not hundred percent there with reliability yet. They have issues because remember we saw it through the through the practice. He barely made like seven turns on the track. There, there's something. There's ghosts there that are gonna come out. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from that one. Do just basing it on what? Huh? Do we know? No, that's no. Just basing it on how the weekend played out for them. Yo, I need the Twilight Zone drop. Like, this is this <laughs> is straight <laughs> tinfoil hat. <laughs> but just no, just I'm just basing that that out of the weekend and what happened to Paris. This is the, this is the the wrong segment, Ruben. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else out of the weekend? Mmm. I'm kind of bummed Barcelona is not, it's not next week because uh, this weekend le- so left us hype. Yeah. Where's Daniel Ricardo, man? What's Nowhere. Daniel Snoopy. Ricardo, <laughs> like the cold Snoopy. <laughs> That's really like, where is he, Nowhere. man? Where is Even he? Even Lando, he was putting it, he just got stuck with the bad pit stop. Yes. He yeah. got stuck in the, in the wrong spot, but even he was looking like he was coming back up the field, but Daniel Ricardo. Is lost. Yeah, I don't. You know, it it, it it sucks, man. It sucks because, and also, it's just like the during qualifying, there was something that happened with the car. They couldn't get it started. The same thing that happened with signs, and then they couldn't get the the tires warmed up enough. Oh my god! So he couldn't like he couldn't do his the laps the way he should. So that's why he came in, you know, so far behind in qualifying, and um and then yeah, but still, man, it's just like. If this happened, that the, you can have you know bad luck for a few races, but this has been ever since since year for years since he was with yeah Renault. since since he left like he, we saw him come back a little bit with with Renault, but it's still not the same. Just smokes. Yeah, yeah, man. Where is he? What's going on? What's what's up, man? All right. So next week we will be doing in our feelings Yancy's uh, segment. Whoop whoop. Um, one. We'll, we'll be doing a race preview for the spanish grand prix and we'll be talking about some news but uh before then obviously and make trivia. sure and trivia thank you <laughs> ruben's trivia <laughs> before then let's make what are you sure leaving me out for bro <laughs> uh, we are at jump to start f1 on twitter and instagram make sure to follow us jump to start racing podcast on all podcast platforms please leave a comment review a couple stars there if you can subscribe and uh on that note See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.